Good to care blood, ain't you? We have such sights to show you. It's alive! Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Here's Johnny! Alright, hello and welcome to another night at Camp Blood. My name is Steven and with me as always are Trish and Joe. How are we today? How's everyone doing? Pretty good. <laughs> good, cool. So today we are jumping out of the 80s for the first time. And we are tackling the 1992 film Candyman. Uh, so to start off, we'll take a listen to that trailer. Have you ever heard of Candyman? If you look in the mirror, you say his name five times. In cities everywhere. Candyman? They whisper his name. Right. Candyman. It's just a story. Candyman? Candyman. Just a ghost story. Candyman. An entire community starts attributing the daily horrors of their lives to a mythical figure. The legend first appeared in 1890. He was attacked, mutilated, and burned to death. Poor Candyman. Helen, a woman died in there. Leave it. Everyone knows he isn't real. That's modern oral folklore. Everyone. Except Helen Lyle. Where did I... It ain't safe around here. I don't scare too easy. Don't know about Ruthie Jean? They ain't never gonna catch him. Who? Candyman. Who is that? I came for you. Do I know you? Now, she is about to discover. Helen? Get out! Get out! What's behind the mystery? You're sick. What's behind the legend? Listen, he's under the bed! And most terrifying of all, come with me. What's behind the mirror? He's here. Candyman, you don't have to believe. Just beware. All right, Candyman fun facts. Fun facts. The movie was released on October 16th, 1992, which means that, again, completely coincidentally, we're recording this just a couple weeks before the 25th anniversary. How does that keep working out? <laughs> I don't know. Like, Johnny, I didn't realize you know it. you picked this I one? I had no idea. So it's just symbiotic. All right, very yeah, good. I didn't, I didn't realize it until last night until I was writing out the fun facts. Well, I'll make been... sure to put that in my tweet, you know, like when I bump this. Um, this was based on the short story called The Forbidden by Clive Barker. It was, it did take place and was shot at Caprini Green in Chicago. The filmmakers had to make a deal with gang members for their safety. <laughs> and they had to, the gang members were in the film as extras. Nice. And they were shot at the last night they were there. Like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Our but deal is done. Up, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tony Todd was stung 23 times throughout the film. That's it? The film 20, yeah, that's it. 
Uh, Sandra Bullock was the second choice if Virginia Madsen had not uh, agreed to be in the film. And this is the this was the big one that I didn't realize. Eddie Murphy was the original choice to play Candyman. I read. That. I don't know if I would have taken it seriously if it were Eddie Murphy. <laughs> it was because of his height, right? See, like, I read something that, like that. I read that, but then I also read that the filmmakers couldn't afford him, so maybe it was both. Or uh-huh. maybe, I don't know. Two things: you're too short, and we can't <laughs> afford you. Um, this film was included in the 1001 Films to See Before You Die, which also The Fly was. So. It's our second film in a row that was in the 1001 films to see before you die. Mm. Pieces was not, surprisingly. Oh. That is surprising. <laughs> uh, the short story took place in Liverpool, England, not in Chicago. Filmmakers changed that, and I can't remember why I Oh, that's write a bummer. I didn't know that. I wish it was actually Chicago's uh, legend. Yeah, no. <laughs> wah, wah. Uh, real bees were put in Tony Todd's mouth. Yuck. <laughs> During that, that one does not scene. Sound like fun. No. And the film grossed twenty five point seven million dollars. Money. So those are those are my fun facts. Which in nineteen ninety two, twenty five million was a lot, right? It was only made for a couple million, so it did pretty yeah. well. It was de- yeah. I mean it was uh, you know, I didn't write down that there were two sequels to this movie too. One was called so. Farewell to the Flesh and then Day of the Dead, I think. Yes. Yeah. The second one took place in uh, New Orleans, I think, and I never, I never saw the third one as a full. I didn't movie. know that there were sequels. Yeah, I. Neither did anyone I, else. So. <laughs> I want to say the second one went to the theaters, but the third one was directed. Yeah. Video. Um, but whatever. So we're gonna do our basic step by step, but I'm not doing it because I don't know this film very well. All right. So Trish is going to do it. Well, I saw this movie um, a long time ago, the first time. And um, I saw it, again. I think this is one my mom showed me, and I recognized Chicago. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, we're pulling up a synopsis, so I'm trying to kill time here so that I can have something to go off of. We really don't want to go off Honestly, like last time. Honestly, I was time. just like, do you wonder, wait, what's happening? <laughs> so, um... <clears throat> The movie starts and it's um, two grads, well, it's one grad student in the beginning. Um, it's Helen Lyle is the character's name. And um, she's... Played by Virginia Madsen. Thank you, Steve. You're, You're much better at the <laughs> actors' names than I am. And um, she walks into, is that her boyfriend or her husband's lecture? Husband. Yeah. I didn't realize it was her husband until like later. That's like a really lame excuse for a husband then. Terrible well, husband. Well, what he does later, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, even from the beginning, you could tell. I mean, I didn't even know they were married. So anyway, she walks into his classroom. He's giving his lecture, and I guess she gets the vibe from one of his uh, students um, that uh, she's got a crush on the teacher. That's an afterthought right there yeah. to begin with. Okay, well, I got distracted by the fact that he's a terrible husband. <laughs> but she's writing a thesis... She's got, um, her husband is the teacher of urban legends at uh, some college. Probably UIC or something. University of Illinois, I think it was, right? Yeah. And um, her and her, she's got a partner. They're doing a thesis on urban legends in Chicago. So um, they chose Candyman, which I guess is not a real urban legend to Chicago. I guess not. Honestly, when I which like breaks first up the whole the movie, I thought 
it was also. Well, yeah, because they make it sound like yeah, um, it's real local. and. Um, but this is still our horror movie, so if anyone's listening and doesn't know, we live very close to Chicago. Yeah, not in Chicago. You know how... Right. I went to school in, in, in Chicago, though. I was about to say I went to school in college. <laughs> <laughs> so Helen's partner is named um, Bernadette. Um, Helen is a white lady. She's blonde. And Bernadette is uh, a black lady. And they um, are discussing Candyman and how you have to say his name um, five times in the mirror. And that's what makes him come. And um, I guess her friend is more superstitious about it. She knows the background on the Candyman. Um now, before we go on, hold on, I, I just want to point this out. When I was a kid, and I don't know if this was like an like a urban legend for you guys or not, but like Bloody Mary. Yeah. 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 And like, I actually thought that's where, when I was a kid, where this movie came from. Because it's exactly the same thing, except you say it three times instead of five times. Right. You're supposed to be in, like a, in front of a mirror saying... Yeah, a dark bathroom. And she shows up and kills you. Yeah, like but like slasher style. Right. Yeah, there was none of this bees or anything. Right. So, maybe that's relevant. Could be. Anybody not from Chicago have any input on this? We don't know. Um, so they're discussing um, Candyman. I guess his legend exists in the housing project of Cabrini Green. Um, that's where his his victims are and his rumors and whispers all happen there. And that was a real location in Chicago? It's gone now. Uh, I did do a little bit of research about Cabrini Green. Um when when I was watching the movie and it was just as bad as it as they make it appear in the film. <laughs> yeah, it was not nice. I've never. I don't know. Where, do you guys know where exactly in Chicago? It was, was? on the north side okay. of Chicago, uh, the near north side. You could get fooled actually by. I mean, you can't get. It wasn't hard to get. You know where you are. Yeah. But you probably knew best to avoid it then. So. I don't know what's there now. If it's just like it's, empty lots uh, or. What is it now? I think it's the same thing like in the movie where it's like nice housing and stuff. Okay. It's the near north side where it was, uh, where Cabrini Green was. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Go ahead, Trish. Um, so they're talking about the Candyman's background, uh, Bernadette and Helen. Let's get back. And um, he was like in exile. He was a slave, a son of a slave, and he was raised well um, because he was not a slave he was freed he fell in love with uh, the forbidden I'm guessing this is where the title of uh, the short story comes from and that's what sent Candyman like into exile he was murdered his hand was chopped off he was slathered in honey and fed to bees and that's what made him um, a a ghost, I guess that's what he is. Yeah, his ashes were spread along the lands of Cabrini Green. But now none of this, you know, Cabrini Green stuff is real. You'll have to pretend. Um, so they have to go to Cabrini Green. They want to investigate. Um, Bernadette doesn't think it's a good idea, but Helen is, like, real super ambitious about it. Talk about it. Jesus Christ, I wouldn't go there even if I had a whole bunch of people with me. I, I, yeah. It looks very terrifying in the movie. Did <laughs> he go there? Yeah. I, and there are parts of, you know, Chicago that I just won't, I don't feel the need to go there yeah. for any thesis. No. That's for sure. 
I didn't even go to college that long. Yeah, but because um, of Chicago. No, not because of <laughs> Chicago. Um, just because of the amount of effort that I'm not willing to put into uh, that sort of thing. Um, so they are going to Cabrini Green anyways. Um, her husband's trying to uh, tell her that they're not ready for it. Um, but they, they go. Her and Bernadette together, um, unaccompanied by any males. Because um, women can't take care of themselves. Is that what you're? No, saying? I wouldn't go. I would no. As a woman, I wouldn't. I you know, any city, I guess, streets alone. You know, you can be overpowered easily. And um, they pull up, and there's already like a gang. They're all wearing purple and blue and black. I think those are gang colors, or they're supposed to represent maybe, that they're a part maybe, of a gang. I don't know. It makes them look like they're together, I basically. I actually found them kind of funny. They were, yeah. Especially when like they start going up the stairs, and they're just like, the 4 O's here! <laughs> yeah, they think they're cops. Yeah. yeah, that's what makes them think they're okay there. And so, well, but... yeah, because they dress all... Uh, Bernadette makes a joke. I thought that joke was kind of funny. Um, she's like, well, we're dressed like cops. And she goes, I said dress conservatively. We look like cops. Um, and they kind of do. The shoulder pads in that scene were outrageous. Well, you got to remember, this movie was probably shot in 91, late 91, yeah. maybe. So. Um, so besides them looking like total narcs, which they do, um, they go up the stairs. The elevator's busted. Um, and they were nervous that the guys were going to follow them. But once they realized that they thought they were police, um, they weren't scared of them anymore. So they go on through the building uh, to find the unit where um, there was one of these rumored Candyman murders. Ruthie Jean, the murder that, that's what they're going to look for. They're going to see Ruthie Jean's place of murder. Um, apparently she was slashed to death and found in a tub. Um, so they go to the old apartment and straight to the bathroom uh, and play with the Candyman mirror. Um, now, let me point this out because I forgot. I, I didn't forget. I just When I do my fun facts, I write them really fast shorthand so I can get through it faster. But one of the things I didn't write down that I did read about was that the idea of being able to climb in to another apartment through the uh, medicine oh, cabinet, yeah. like it was a, flaw, a building flaw. Right. And apparently that was something that really did happen and murders were committed that way. That's crazy. Um, and that's something that the director found out when he was doing research for the movie. Brutal. Yeah. That's a crazy thing to just add into the movie. It's like kind that. of terrifying it when is. you think about yeah. it. Like anyone who has a medicine cabinet, especially if it's up against the wall of the next apartment. Well, right? that's, that was... Like in my apartment, my medicine cabinet was actually facing the wall into my dining room, so I was yeah, fine. Yeah, <laughs> into your own apartment. Yeah. 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 Well, um, so that's where the murders happened is through the medicine cabinets and um helen's actually familiar with this because her gold coast apartment um has the same building layout as the cabrini green buildings so she knows to look behind the mirror they see the hole where the killer would have come through um helen gets real excited and wants to go through bernadette says no way jose i'm staying here you go so helen takes her camera and Which, by the way, the sound effect for that camera every time it went off was something like otherworldly. It never sounded like a camera. Oh, the shutter and yeah. stuff? Yeah. Huh. Just wanted to throw that in there. Well, I think it sounded like a camera. I'm sorry. <laughs> Withdrawn. <laughs> <coughs> All right. 
and it's spooky through the other side of that wall. They've got graffiti of all this scary Candyman, like, decrepit wall art. It's because they think they're in Candyman suite. Oh, yeah, they're in Candyman suite. Sweets <laughs> for my sweet. Um, there's, you know, it's not lit up there. It's dark, obviously. Um, she finds piles of candy with razor blades in it. Wait a minute, really? I missed that. Yeah. I missed that like the first five times I saw this movie until I watched it again this time. I was like, holy shit, I never noticed that before. Yeah, it looks like it looks like a bunch of people like paying offerings, maybe, or like with tainted candy. Like I don't yeah. know. Like, yeah, maybe trying to like rid Cabrini Green of him or something. Candy like he'd be away. so stupid. Here's candy that yeah. will hurt you. Like he'd be so stupid as to eat that and like that would work on a ghost. So Yeah, so then they go look for the murder. And yeah. run into a resident of the projects, right? Yeah. Anne Marie with her dog and that little boy, Jake. Jake isn't with them at the time. Um, so she runs into, she's alone well, in there. Two, there's two scenes. There's the one where they're going to the Candyman's apartment, uh, and that is where, the, where she just opens the door with the dog. Yeah. And then the next scene where they actually go into her apartment is when the, when the baby's with them. Yeah. So. Mm. This woman with the dog is a resident. She says, you need to get the hell out of here. You don't belong. Um, Helen gives her her card. And all of a sudden, this woman trusts her enough to let her into her apartment. They make friends and talk about the Candyman experience from a resident's point of view. She said she's genuinely scared. She believes it. Um, Although the women, Helen and Bernadette, think it's more like uh, the residents making stories up so that they don't have to face uh, everyday trials and tribulations of the projects so forth um, the woman introdu- you know we're introduced to her baby which plays a pretty important plot role what's that baby's name do we get that baby's name it's a little baby boy she says he's all I got um, I-, I gotta take care of him I gotta do what I gotta do I gotta stay here you think we're all bad people and drug dealers and we're not um, and with that, you know, the women, I guess, are done there. Um, she, you know, tells her that they're not real. Uh, let's see what happens now. Helen goes home to her, um, her jerk husband and has to, like, start working. Um, Oh, before they leave, <laughs> this little kid, Jake, now we got to talk about him. Bernadette, Jake. Yes, Jake finally comes into the movie. Yeah, this is not the baby. Oh, my fault. I am so sorry. I f- completely forgot there was a child in the yeah, movie. Yeah, a child, not a baby. Yeah. There's a like, baby. He wasn't with them. I was like, yeah, he yeah, was. But I thought there. you were talking about the baby. God, no. I feel like a dumbass. No, I'm sorry. So <laughs> before she leaves, she meets Jake. Who lives in the projects. He's like an eight or nine year old little kid, right? Another neighbor. Right. Who, uh, since all she heard of these little whispers about Candyman, Jake proceeds to tell her the story of the little boy who was in the bathroom. And then the Candyman appeared when he was without his mother and proceeded to castrate this little kid and throw his His itty bitty little pecker into the uh, toilet. Yeah, um, that was. This is the second movie we've done with the castration. Nice. 
<laughs> I get silence from both boys here. They're like, because I, I was know. trying to think if there was something that had to do with the genitals and the fly, but I don't know. No, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Right? <laughs> it's like, Not directly. Know. He was a perv, but there was like a lot it's of like, sex. Maybe, maybe we'll just change our name to the genital radio. Dick, dick horror. <laughs> right. Oddly <laughs> enough, in a body horror movie like The Fly, they leave that part alone. Everything yeah. else is. We don't game. talk about what happened right? to there his fly been, dick. There totally could have been a scene where his dick fell off. All right, we're getting chose not to do that. <laughs> All right, we're getting sidetracked. So yeah, the little boy tells her uh, about uh, tells Helen about the boy that was murdered in the bathroom. Tells him that he's scared. Um, Helen says, "Don't worry about it." That's not real. You know, it's a story. Someone's taking his name. Um, so she goes into the bathroom to see this, uh, you know, crime scene, so to speak, and take pictures, her camera. Um, the boy stays outside. He's no way Jose, just like Bernadette. This, this, this scene was disgusting. Dude. Yes. Because <laughs> there's, like, words written on the wall and shit. That's what I... Trish <laughs> asked me that. She's like, is that shit on the wall? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, she's gagging. Um, but, then, yeah. but then there's a scene where those guys come in, and she's got her hand up to her mouth the entire time. But then when the guys come in, she takes her hand down and goes, and that's she's completely fine there. You know, yeah, the well, smell must have gone. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the <laughs> panic like made it not as important. Um, so she's in there. She's looking at the walls. There's shit smeared everywhere. It says sweets to my sweet. So anywhere there are these like rumored Candyman places, there are these weird like shrines of gross and scary stuff um but anyways she is attacked when she is in the bathroom um did all all of them enter at once someone's dressed as the candy man and he's got henchmen and um he knocks her out and at the time we hadn't seen candy man in the movie yet so we don't know is he really this candy man ghost probably not um she wakes up in the hospital. Or is it the police station? She's doing a lineup. Um, no, she just, she, he just, they just beat her. Yeah, they and don't. And then the next scene, she's in the, she's in the uh, police, police station. Yeah. 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 We so they you cr- looking for candy, man, bitch. <laughs> yeah, they're all doing that line. And she is able to identify him. So they get this faker, you know, playing as candy man so that he can, like, scare people who are vulnerable in the neighborhood, I guess. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. I dress up like people and I scare people in my neighborhood. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't have like a, a famous ghost. You don't know that. Do you? No. Well, <laughs> what about those people who dress as clowns? Yeah, that's what I do. And stand on the corner. I that's do. those people. Everything you say, I'm just going to say that's what I do. Okay. <laughs> that's not going to go anywhere then. I'm just joking. I don't do anything. Uh... <laughs> so then after Helen leaves, she, uh, she identifies the guy that attacked her. She thinks it's basically done because she was told that this guy was using Candyman's name to just get some fame, you know, get some street cred and shit. So she goes to the parking garage to where she's confronted then by the real Candyman. And this scene, there was a long time ago when DVDs first became, like, big. There was this DVD that came out, and I cannot remember the name of it off the top of my head, but all it was was um, a bunch of scenes from different horror movies and there's like a scene from uh, I don't know fucking Leprechaun. I, that that one I remember. And then there was a scene from Candyman. And this is the scene that was. It's like a, it's a DVD of like killer reveals. Yeah, or I cannot something. remember the name of it. And I 
fucking bought it like a chump when I when it first came out. I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. All it is is scenes from different horror movies. Wow. Just wanted to point that out. Nice. So then, yeah, after so he's so she's confronted to where he explains that he has to quote shed innocent blood, which keeps belief in him and continues his existence. And since Helen dared kind of buck at the idea, right, of Candyman, that's what brought him back and yeah. shit to scare people. So he kind of hypnotizes her, right, or so, puts so her in a trance, I guess. Where she blacks out. Yeah. yeah. So she blacks out, and then she wakes up in uh, the woman who we met previously, Anne Marie's apartment. <laughs> but she wakes up in a pool of blood. This, I think, this is one of the bloodier movies you could probably see because there's just blood soaked everywhere. Yeah. And as she wakes up. She's walking out. She sees the head of Anne Marie's Rottweiler has been cut off, and she has a knife or a uh, hatchet in her hand, right? A cleaver. cleaver. Yeah, a cleaver. cleaver. And uh, meanwhile, the baby, baby Anthony, apparently we learned his name right then and there, is missing. And when she realizes that, she goes ahead and attacks Helen. And if I remember correctly, isn't there blood in the crib? Yeah, yeah there's, there's like blood, blood the in like what looks like an arm or some shit like in the crib. But that might have just been like been a like bloody a toy. pillow okay, yeah. or yeah. something. There was like tracks. You know, you could see that it was from Helen yeah. on her. You know what I mean? So Rosemary turned, saw Helen covered in blood coming through the tracks, assumed this woman obviously killed my dog. My baby's gone. I'm not quite sure if Rosemary assumed that, but Anne Marie definitely assumed that because that's who attacks uh, Virginia Madsen. And Virginia Madsen, defending herself, hacks the shit out of that woman's arm. And you just see blood squirt everywhere. And in the process of that is when the police appear and go ahead and arrest Helen for the. What do they arrest her for exactly? Uh, attempted murder. The murder of the dog or the kidnapping of the baby? Or the attack. I think they arrested for all that shit, yeah. right? The attack and everything. Assault? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, there's a lot of things. I guess that's true. The cops did for. just watch you hack someone up. Plus, yeah. I mean, if you're in a if you're in an apartment that's not your apartment, and there's a dead dog and a woman whose baby's now missing, I'm pretty sure you're the one that's going to yeah, be Yeah, and you're covered in blood and yeah. carrying a knife. We've all been there. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they send her to the, the psych ward. Um, she... Touches base with her shithead husband. I mean, you see him for like two seconds. He like kisses her goodbye. She's like in zip ties. This guy looks like a douchebag. Yeah, he does. He's a douche. I keep wanting to say he's a douchebag. We need to get one to one of his parts, and it's coming soon. Yeah. Um, so we get a couple flashes of her while she's in the hospital. Um, she's there against her will. Basically, is the gist we get. Um. But she starts to uh, get – she gets to talk to somebody when she's there, the the head psychiatrist. Which apparently she's been there for a month, I read. That, yeah. That, like, at that point. She's been there for a month, and she's shocked too, and he tells her, we've been drugging you, and you're not safe to be awake. Um, at that time, she is overcome by the candy man, um, or he comes and kills this guy. Um, she gets to escape, runs back to her old apartment. Um, when she gets back to the apartment, her douche husband has that douche lady, that student, and they're painting the whole place pink. 
and he's dressed up like such a dickhead. Yeah, I oh, would have yeah, lost my like, shit. In his uh, robe and yeah, shit. Yeah, he's got his hair slicked back. And so, well, you know he has a knack for playing jagoffs in movies, that guy, right? Xander Berkeley. Just a side note, that was John Connor's stepdad in Terminator oh, 2, okay. who gets the fucking blade right to his mouth when oh, he's nice. drinking the milk. Nice. So he's used to... Yep, I guess so. <laughs> So. All right, I'll keep on with the story. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I When you guys go off on tangents, I have trouble picking it back up. Um, she sees her husband in this man. Or this woman and her husband. She gets in a fight with them. They're scared of her. Um, she's, like, gaining on them. They have the impression, basically, whenever Candyman has come and killed somebody, that it's been her. Because she blacks out and doesn't remember. Which is a thing about the movie that I really like. I like, I like that. that, too. I like that whole thing where it's like somebody else's... There's another movie, a really big movie, I cannot remember that did that, where the person is... Somebody else is killing them, and then it look, they make it look like like the hero is, the yeah. one is killing them. Well, American I'm, Horror Story does it in season four. But, yeah, I think it's a common thing where like you don't know who the killer is, and it's like, oh, it's been me all along. You know, they black out or whatever. Um, Hannibal, the TV show, does it. That, I cannot get into that TV. I liked I it a lot. I liked it. Um, so she picks up, uh, they say they want to call the hospital. She's threatening them with the phone. They think that they're going to get killed. Um, how does Bernadette enter this scene? She doesn't because she was dead like 20 minutes ago. Thanks, Joe. What? I don't even remember how she died. She goes into Anne Marie's apartment, uh, comes back. Or no, is it Anne Marie's apartment? No, or is she's it going apartment? to visit. No, her. she goes back to Helen's apartment. And yeah. We skipped over that part for some reason. She goes into Helen's apartment to see what the trouble is after Trevor bails Helen out of jail for the dog thing and the kidnapping and shit. Yeah, I remember shit. that, but I don't remember her. And Candyman appears and murders Bernadette. Turns her white. Ash white, yeah, like the legend says. Yeah, and that's what gets Helen put in the psychiatric hospital. Oh, because she insists, yeah, it's not me. Wow, I totally don't remember that at all. I thought that was the end. (laughs) I thought that was the very end of the movie when Bernadette got murdered. No. But I'm mistaken. Well, We're not the best at the... It's a beat by beat, but we'll... Obviously not on these movies. we got to pick, like, ones that are more our favorites and stop getting adventurous with these picks. No, no, this wasn't adventurous at all. You want to get adventurous, I can pick some really stupid, fucked up movies. Anyway, continuing. Well, there's got to be a final showdown with the Candyman. Yep. All right. Uh, her friend's dead. <clears throat> all these people are dead. Helen is on the loose. She's supposed to be in the mental hospital. She's obviously a criminal. Um, she wants to save the baby. Candyman had taken the baby and said, this is my innocent blood that needs to be shed so that people can keep believing in me. So he takes that neighbor, her baby, Anthony. Uh, he's got him in his creepy place. Now he's ready to, like, take it on. He... he goes in this big fire pit that the 
was built near Cabrini Green. I guess that's where residents were like throwing out their trash and just piling up for a bonfire. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but isn't there a scene where uh, Candyman like makes out with her with the bees in his mouth? Yeah, that's part of the acceptance. Remember, he tells her that she's all alone now and shit. Uh-huh. Like that's all part of the framing of the murders. Like everyone turns against her, and no one wants her anymore. Right. You know, where so. does that happen in the movie? It's when she's like running. She leaves the apartment. And she's, like, running across uh, one of the bridges, like, downtown or something, and, like, okay. stands there, and it's Candyman's voice, and then mm-hmm. she realizes what she has to, like, do, and then she goes to confront him and shit, yeah. Gotcha. Anyway, continuing on to the final confrontation. Yeah, he's gonna take the baby, he's luring her to him, he wants them all to be together, because there's this montage of a scene that's happening, she's realizing... I guess Helen is the woman. He says to her, it's always been you. It's always been you. And they make reference to the woman that Candyman was in love with when he was murdered. Um, So maybe he was in love with her or he thinks she is uh, that woman's reincarnate, whatever. Um, She doesn't look like her from the painting. I don't think so. I didn't get it. Um, Yeah, I didn't think so either. I don't think she looked... I think that was a weak plot point to say that, like... You could have gone with the whole rest of the thing and not tried to say that she was the same woman. Or they could have gotten a better artist to make it look more like Virginia Madsen. Whatever. That could have helped, too. I think, though, that part of where it's always been you and all that stuff, that comes from the Clive Baker angle Barker. of it. Uh, Barker. I'm so sorry. I'm an idiot. No, yeah, because Clive Barker loves to include romance and stuff into his movies and, and the, stories. Yeah, and that short story that they said is written is called Forbidden, and it's about, like, forbidden love, so maybe this is, like, throwback to that. I didn't, I don't know that story. Um, so Helen is going to rescue the baby. It's a race against the clock. Candyman's got, you know, um, gas going on this fire pit. Um, the residents know that he's in there. I suppose they see him. I don't know. Um, Because they start to, like, come around. And they're the ones who say, get the Candyman, get the Candyman. They are the ones that start the fire. They don't know that the baby Anthony is in there, but they think that the Candyman is. Um, At this point, Helen is now in there going towards them. Uh, She gets her hands on the baby. Uh, I don't think there's like a huge face-off here. She stabs him with a fiery stake in the in his exposed rib cage. There you go. That's how he goes down. She gets the baby. She gets to crawl out through the fire. She comes out like bald and dirty and f- on fire. And on fire is the biggest <laughs> part. Yeah, she's not bald yet. She's getting bald and getting getting dirtier. bolder by the yeah. second. <laughs> getting because she is literally bald. on fire. Um, Which, when I was watching the movie, I'm just like, oh, she's going to survive. Like, I haven't seen this movie in years, so I forgot that she doesn't survive. And, like, I was just like, oh, she's going to get put out and she'll be fine. <laughs> so she rescues the baby, and um, the the mama is there in the crowd of angry people. Um, but Helen, I guess, is too burnt up. She's burnt up. Although yeah. her face doesn't seem to be burned up. It's like, like yeah, head. I know. It's like she still had makeup on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they put the burn makeup on top of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, her eyelashes were still perfect. <laughs> so now... It's her funeral, right? Right. It's her funeral. And then 
uh, who's there? The husband. The husband is there. The girlfriend's there. Is the girlfriend? Is the girlfriend yeah, really she, there? Are you sure? Her there. <laughs> what an asshole! I don't remember that part. I think she's if still he was there, really dude. there. So then they do, uh, you know, they recite everything. And they put her into the ground, but not before uh, Jake and Anne Marie show up. And all the all people of, from Cabrini. which Cabrini Trish Green. did not like my reference to this. But it's almost like horror movie Schindler's List, where they show up to drop rocks in his grave. I know that's totally insensitive, but that's how I saw it. I actually like that scene where they all show up to pay their respect to her. Yeah, so do I. And I love the end. And I not it's a great movie, but the ending is very harrowing in that movie. So I didn't mean to offend anybody. Right. (laughs) Uh, It was yeah. They all line up. They come like, and they pay tribute to her. Um, Somebody dropped something in there. Jacob drops Candyman's hook. Right. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> That's the actual Candyman's hook, and you can tell that it's not the hook um, they were playing with before because the, the end was like the it's amputee. Also got nails in it. Yeah, Ooh, like the amputee yeah. end. Like it was all like rugged. It wasn't like the butcher hook that they were, that she had found when she was um, in his secret nasty place. <laughs> secret nasty place? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, that was funny. <laughs> So, Trevor comes home. He's all emotional. Trevor is the husband. Yeah, I don't know that's... if you've ever said his name. God, I, yeah, because we're reading it. The husband comes home from the funeral, and all of a sudden he's got a half ounce of compassion. And this bitch wants to make a salad. <laughs> and... um. She's, like, getting jealous. The husband's, like, in the bathroom crying, whatever. And she's like, come on, honey. Come here with me. Don't be sad about your dead wife. You know, it's not my fault. I didn't do all this shit. Um, but you see she's starting to get, like, wicked about it. And she's got the, the knife because she wants to make a salad. And I, I guess we're led to believe that, like, the Candyman spirit lives on in, like, that jealousy and rage because she, had, you know, we're... There's an attack. Um, um, what's her name? Helen? Right. What happens is Trevor, so overcome yeah, with grief, says Helen's name five times in the bathroom with the lights off. And then all of a sudden, all that light show starts, and Helen shows up with a very molten-like head yeah. that, and asks Trevor if something is bothering him. And before Trevor can answer, she goes ahead and takes that Candyman hook and... Looks like she puts it right in his stomach and go ahead and just... She gutted up. Yeah. Zips up. <laughs> um, so, I like the brutality. And then, and then the best part of the end was it. they make it look like the girlfriend is the one who killed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why, like, the Candyman so, plays games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, with, like... You know, like, it was playing games with Helen and making it look like it was her before. That's how we're left, you know, like, Candyman lives on. I did like that ending. Yeah. So. So, it is a great ending. But we would think the whole movie is great. Uh, no. Ish. <laughs> no. There, there no. are lots of movies out there that have great endings, and the movie itself is just not all that great. That's my opinion, though. All right. And that's how it ends. Yep, that's how it ends. Credits. You want to do our ratings? Let's talk about the movie first. Let's critique the movie. All right. Um, so. Okay, I'll start then, because this was my pick originally. I thought it was great when I first saw it, when I was, like, a, like 
10, 11 years old on Channel 9 at like 2 in the morning or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, it scared the shit out of me then. And it doesn't scare me anymore, but I, I still enjoy it. I think the city plays a character in the movie too and that the city in it is really underrated for just the filming locations of it and everything like that i like it a lot still do i agree with you on the city thing but i am very disheartened and totally taken aback today to find out that the story doesn't have anything to do with chicago but yeah (laughs) i loved seeing the city um in the movie we should review child's play ah yes because that (laughs) took place in chicago too yep and the music is, I, I think the music is still really good from Philip Glass, who most people listening to this might know as the guy that South Park makes fun of relentlessly. Philip but. Glass, I thought I had read that he did the score and then they, like... He did, and then, they, like, they synthesized it up or they oh, asked him okay. to kind of make it a little more updated or something like that. So he added some synth to the score and there everything. Was, there, and the, the actual original score was, wasn't released until, like, he released it in, like, 2001 or whatever. Yeah, because it almost sounds like... It, it almost sounds like church music with, yeah. like, synth organ instead of a normal, you know, like, church organ mm-hmm. you would have. But Tony Todd does a great job, too, I think, as the villain. Or as Candyman. Yeah. This is, this is the movie that, like, defined him. That, yeah. Very, he's very sinister, and he's got, like, the... I mean, like, from the Candyman's background story of, like, you know, the forbidden love, you know, he he's very handsome, you know, and he seems, like, kind of creepily charismatic, enticing, you know what I mean? Like, when he's speaking out to Helen, although it's very scary and she doesn't want to go with him, but, like, I see, like, what's the male version of a temptress? Tony Todd's got a great voice, too. Like, he's just got that deep, like, scary boys. Yes, he does. I just looked this up. I was curious if this was his first movie, but it was not. He's been acting since the mid-80s. Or at least in movies, anyway. This is kind of... Is this the movie that put him in horror movies, though? I think so. Really? Like, yeah, yeah, I would think so, that this is the one that put him in horror movies. Yeah, and he's become a horror icon because of Candyman. Like, I'd never really think of Candyman as, like, a horror icon, but, like, when you're so good in your part that you can't even imagine anyone else in the part then yeah that kind of puts you in the map once you own it completely yeah see i think he gets lost because you talk because people you know you talk about franchise isn't like franchise and horrors like chucky or michael myers or anything Candyman, it's like the second or third or fourth afterthought once you've gone down yeah, the oh, line yeah. like totally just gets lost in the in the wash. Actually, I was listening to um, the remake Mistake, which is the podcast, the other podcast on WolfbaneBlooms.com, and um, <clears throat> they were talking about it. They had done it for their last episode, and they were talking about how Pennywise is kind of lumped in with like horror icons, and I was like, I don't think so. But they were also talking about how, and they're right, it'll be like Michael Myers, Freddy, you know, fucking Chucky, Leatherface, right. Pennywise. Like what? So, like, I can't imagine, like, Candyman being part of that group. Yeah, me but, neither. Like, maybe a second, like, if there was a group B, then Candyman... Right. on the beach. Like, there, if you yeah. needed some horror movie serial killers to come off your bench after, with some injuries and yeah. stuff, you need to put a guy in there real quick. You could throw Candyman in there for yeah. Michael Myers at Point Guard in, like, a minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a great analogy. <laughs> All right. Um, um, what'd you feel about Candyman's costume? Um, like, the fur coat, like, covered with... Like it's, blood it's, and stuff. It's definitely distinctive because yeah. it could have just been him 
in clothing from the 1800s, and that's it, or wherever, whatever. He, I don't. Did they say when he was born? I can't remember. They said like you well, know he was a slave at the end of slavery. So, so I mean, sometime in the 1800s. Yeah. Probably. So like yeah, he could have totally been just dressed up like you know the 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 idea you have of a, of a slave. Yeah. You know, but he's wearing like a leather. Or, I mean, a, it's a, like a, a fur, fur and yeah, it's long and it's like very regal too. Yeah. But like the one arm is matted and blood. It grossed me out the whole movie. I was looking at those sleeves, you know. Uh, it's very distinctive. I, yeah, I liked the costume for him. That's, I mean, it it just not doesn't really scream candy man. <laughs> um, and neither do the flies really. But I guess you know because sweet and love is sweet that that's all part of the. There actually was. I was reading this up. There's there actually was a serial killer called the Candy Man, and it was mm. because he lured children into his house with candy. Ugh. I don't mean to laugh, but that's that's why he's called the Candy Man. Oh, you know, don't take candy from strangers, kids. If there are any kids listening, you should probably turn this off. Not for you. <laughs> Just don't take anything from strangers. Yeah. Don't take any shit from strangers either. No shit. Sorry. Yeah, like Candyman didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, look at the revenge he reaped. Um, as as for as for me, I didn't care for this movie. I saw it a long time ago, long time ago, and didn't like it. Then I saw it. The last time I saw it was like on some you know lo- local TV station when I was right. in Tennessee, um, in the middle of the night, and I was just like, okay, I'll watch this. I haven't watched it, and that was the last time I saw it. So we're talking like 15 years since I've seen this movie. So when I watched it again, I was went into it with an open mind because I'm just like, I don't want to go into it and be like, I don't like this movie. I know I'm not going to like it this time either. But I don't know. I don't really like Clive Barker in general. I'm glad that you said that because I didn't want to be the first one to say that. I I don't find his I this one maybe being the exception. I'm not a huge fan of his brand of horror. And I don't know what it is. Like I don't even know how to describe his brand of horror. Like I like Hellraiser is probably his big one. See in the and the, the funny thing is my brother would tell me about Hellraiser all the time how great it was and everything and I watched it and I was very underwhelmed when I saw it. I'll tell you this. Have you ever seen any of the sequels? I saw Hellraiser 2 and uh, the third one, Hell on Earth. Those are I like the two and three better than the first one. Two was so much better than the first yeah, one, it was. in my opinion. Three felt like a standard 90s horror movie. And then after that, I tried to watch four, and I just couldn't get through it. It was really boring. Yeah, I don't know what it is about him. Maybe it's just the other elements that he tries to include in the mm-hmm. horror stuff. Like, he drifts too far into fantasy yeah. and shit. And I've tried. I've seen a lot of his movies. I've seen, you know, Nightbreed. I saw uh, Midnight Meat Train, uh, Hellraiser, and uh, Candyman. And I'm just yeah. not really a fan of any of them. Yeah, I can't say that I am either. I'm like looking. I'm a for fan of Candyman, and that's to compliment here. And I, I don't have much. I mean, yeah, kind of generic. Yeah. I don't really like Hellraiser. Yeah, I don't. So I, it, the first one I would say is okay. I would rather watch the first Hellraiser than watch Candyman. Let me put it that way. But that doesn't mean that I'm like, I love Hellraiser, because I really don't. I yeah. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, when I like you... the plot in Candyman. I think it had a well-written I like, I story. I liked a lot of elements of Candyman. Like I said, I like the whole uh, making it look like this person killed him when it was really the killer that killed yeah. him. And I like that aspect, and I like I, lo- I love urban legends. So I That's like the very fact, cool, too, yeah. yeah and, but this one just was not my cup of tea. I can empathize with that. I can see where you're coming from. This is going to sound so bad. One of the things I like about it is that it has the kid 
violence scene in it because horror movies in America, I think I said this before, don't go that far very often. No, you know what I mean. Foreign yeah. horror, where the it. violence happens not just to adults, but mm-hmm. and Candyman is one of the like I can think of mainstream. If you're gonna call it, I mean it had a wide release, right? Horror movies where a kid is actually affected by the violence. Yeah, they show like a, a kid, little kid. They show a kid you know? murdered, you know, like well, in this one. The one movie I can, I, you know, it's funny you brought that up because years ago, yeah. years and years ago, my brother and I tried starting our podcast and it just never went anywhere. But one of the episodes we did was about the Blob. Right. And in the 1988 version, there's a kid who gets killed, just straight up killed, like a 12 year old, and. I remember watching the movie, and I'm just like, because they're in the sewer or whatever, and the blob's coming to get him. And yeah. in any other movie, you the kid would just be able to get saved just at the last second. Yeah. Maybe maybe get hurt, but just survive. And that kid just fucking gets killed. It and I'm shows just like, like a tremendous cruelty in a movie to like kill a child. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's cruelty; it's reality. Like if something like that was really happening, do you think all the children would the be blobs. saved? Yeah, no, yeah, definitely no, not. Of course, the blob not. would yeah. win. And even most classic horror movies, you go back when there's kids involved, they're just part of the terror. Like they're there when it's going on. If you go but, back to like even Frankenstein, that little girl gets thrown in the lake and killed. Like, if you go that far back, so there yeah. was some break in between where they're like, we can't do this to. I like when they involve kids in a scary story. Like, um, I thought you were gonna be like, I like when they kill kids. (laughs) No, but I like when, like, I think children like play into Candyman's, like, you know, they because they've got like the imagination and the you know, the fear that feeds him or whatever. And since he like feeds on fear, you know, he's got to scare the kids. So I like when they do that because that's when I first saw it. I was a kid and I was kind of scared. I was like maybe twelve. I remember being terrified of this movie, even though I'd never seen it. Like when I was a kid, I remember there being a lot of movies that I I knew of and I was terrified to even see. Yeah, because they just the fucking cover looked scary or see, something. You know? Yeah, something like you saw. You know, like I saw this like one minute of this movie or and you, it was like a bad scene and I don't want to watch it yeah. now. Or you hear the the name Candyman. And when you're a kid, a candy man is somebody who gives guy. you candy, like yeah. right. like Willy Wonka. Yeah, you so. might say that the, the that's the urban legend there of the candy man for kids. Then right, that mm-hmm. it was too scary to watch, and then you find out eh, it's not that great. Yeah. <laughs> it's not so bad either. I mean, it's not that scary. Uh, there were a couple jump scenes for me. That's about it, though. Yeah. Then well, the other interesting little tidbit. I don't think we mentioned it. That Virginia Madsen claims that she was hypnotized yeah. during some of these scenes. And stuff. I don't know how true that is. I guess it depends on if you believe in hip. hip right. Hypnosis. It's like, like well, I believe I was hypnotized <laughs> right. by that. Yeah. I, does hypnosis work? I I don't know. Who knows? I've never tried. Yeah. It seems like a waste of time though. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, unless you guys have anything else to say, I guess we can go into our ratings. One interesting sure. other. There's so many little tidbits about this very average horror movie. It's weird. <laughs> That the original, original release date at the Toronto International Film Festival was apparently September 11th, 1992. Wow. So the legend grows of Candyman. <laughs> Why? What's he got to do with... Just saying. That was years before, Joe. Just saying. Candyman right. did 9-11. Just saying. <laughs> On his, yeah, anniver- the anniversaries, you know. Um, no, we can go into ratings, I think. Okay. Um, we can start with Joe since he picked the movie. Uh, what are we doing? Out of four, I'm assuming. Yes. I would give it. When I was younger, I would have given it a three. Watching it again, uh, I still like it. It does seem a little bit weaker when you watch it when you're a little bit older. But I think the story's still effective. Virginia Madsen and Tony Todd are still 
really, really good, and the way that it's shot in the city, I would give it uh, two and a half out of four. I'd say that's um, probably where I'm going. Like, I want to give it the three because <laughs> I thought I liked it so much, too, from before. But watching it again, yeah, I feel the same way. Like, the the thing about, like, her being his forbidden love was, like, an unexplored plot point. They they did brief it really quick. Um, but then again, the whole plot kind of moves fast. It's, you know, quick story. Um I'll give it the two and a half. I loved seeing um, the really grody scenes of the Candyman tributes. I think those were probably the best parts of the movie. I'm going to give a lot of credit for whoever was in charge of making that look scary and nasty because it was. All right. I am giving the movie one and a half. Wah, wah. (laughs) Um, I don't know. It just, it doesn't entertain me. I was very sidetracked watching this movie as well, uh, which is why I'm sitting here while you're doing the thing, and I'm like, wait, I missed that. When did that happen? <laughs> uh, I did my best to pay attention. Well, that will, that's part of the review. If you can't pay attention, you can't yeah. pay attention. And I do my very best when we do this show and when I was doing my other podcast to really pay attention when I'm watching it, even if it's something I've seen a bunch of times, just so I can remember things. And, uh, if, yeah, if it can't hold my attention, it's not a good enough movie for me. So I don't want to bash this. I don't, like I told Trish earlier, I don't hate this movie. I just think of it as being like, eh, it exists. It's very mediocre like, yeah, it's just, upon looking back at it. It's a generic horror movie to me. I could see that. And I could I see that part, and I could also see the other point where people would ha- hold it in such yeah. high regard. But I think that's a lot of that thing we're talking about the clive barker fan club thing that i i don't believe exists but it must (laughs) um and just a little uh side story i met tony todd once um and he was kind of a dick so just want to throw that up to his character um no he he was at a horror movie convention and all he wanted to do was talk about the chicago cubs (sighs) it's like motherfucker you're here to like talk about like horror movies and stuff. Yeah, I don't think a lot of guys are watching baseball if they're at a horror movie convention. <laughs> it just seems like those, that fandom, they don't cross paths often. No, but I do have an autographed picture of him as Candyman, so. That's, that's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for that. So, now that we're done talking about the movie, let's quickly talk about what we've been watching since our last episode. Uh, I crushed an entire season of American Horror Story. It's interesting, because I crushed almost the entire season of Twin Peaks. Well, we told you it was good. Um, I don't know if that really constitutes as horror. I mean... It's twisted. (laughs) Yeah. I think we've brought this I guess it's kind of a thriller, though. So, I mean, it's kind of, like, borderline. It counts. There's murder. Yeah. Twin Peaks? Twin Peaks is, like, 20 different things, right? It's it's a different thing (laughs) each episode. One could be horror. The next could be, like, science fiction. It was really funny. Art noir, you know? Like, there's all sorts of Right after I finished watching Twin Peaks, my brother texted me. He was like, I'm in the car with Dad, and and a car just drove by, and I swear to God, Dad was driving the car. And the first thing I said was, are you in Twin Peaks? Yeah. <laughs> Got a light. Did you go 438 miles down the road? <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess the biggest thing we all watched was It. Ugh, yeah. Fantastic. Um, I don't want to go too much into detail, because maybe we'll do an episode about the movie. But um, I thought it was fantastic. Um, I've met two people, though, that didn't like the movie. 
nice to me. Yeah. And one of them was the guy I went with to see the book. Really? Yeah. What didn't he like about it? I don't. We don't have to break bad on someone that's not here. But no, what didn't and, he like and about I don't want to. No, I would never do that. Not like, like no, Clive I would Barker. Never do that. It's not like he's Clive Barker or anything. We're not going to trash him. <laughs> no, I mean every, everyone's got their opinion. I don't really remember why he didn't like the movie. I loved um, it. I thought it was so good. Yeah, but it was clear that he did. <laughs> and after the movie, he was, he was basically yeah. Maybe. I think that's what it was. He was basically just like you know. I think I, there was I, very high expectations. I had insanely high expectations because I've been talking about this for years. I'm like, why can't they make a theatrical R-rated it? Like right. a for real? Yeah. yeah. Like I be, hate when they half-ass something that's more... supposed to be like epic. You yeah. know, like why didn't you just make R-rated so yeah. that this could be done right? But they did a great job. I can't wait for the the conclusion, which is sadly going to be at least two years away. Yeah, fair. I thought they would have started shooting it right away, but well, I guess they're I not. Heard, I like, the script thought, isn't even ready, right? Yeah, I originally thought that they were um, shooting it back to back, right? But so that was, it would just be released like within a year. Yeah, but um, I guess Warner Brothers was like, "We're going to see how this movie does first, and then if it's good enough, we'll make the second one." Which I think is so stupid. How did they not know this was going to do well? It might not have. I mean, this movie so totally. I mean, stupid. Stephen King does not have a good track record. No, he does not. No, it's it hit or to, miss. Yeah. It's, it's very hit or miss for Stephen King. It's mostly miss yeah. when it's right. theatrical releases. I, think yeah. you can th- I, I bet we can name maybe five movies theatrically released that were good Stephen King adaptations. It. Shining. Misery. <laughs> Misery. Pet Cemetery. Uh... I say the mist because that was the, that the was mist. Great. It counts. I mean, I I'll I'll let you count it. it I'm glad that no bad. one has named Shawshank Redemption yet. Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank is great. <laughs> I'm inclu- I'm I forget that I am, that's a Stephen. King. I am we're not. not we're not it. counting it because it doesn't like go with horror. And the Green Mile. Too. And it's also not good. What's the one? You don't that... like Shawshank Redemption? I don't. But this isn't. Wow. We're, this is a horror movie discussion. No, no. I just want to. I just want to. I just want to say like I've only seen the movie once. But I enjoyed it for what it was. I, I don't I don't love it as much as everyone. That's else. the thing that got me about it. Is like I tried to watch it, and when I told someone, like, eh, I thought it was just all right. And their response was, how could you just think it's all right? It's like, all right, well, now I hate it. Because <laughs> everyone was telling me I should love it. It's like, well, now I just automatically, like, I went from being indifferent about it to just, like, ugh. You know, yeah. I like Dreamcatcher, the one with aliens. Oh, really? Oh, Trish. You're the first person I've ever met that liked that movie. Now, yeah. I'm not like coming down I like, on you. Well, it's, been, like, oh, but... it's been quite a while, but I remember being thoroughly grossed out with uh, aliens exploding from people's bodies. Like, I that's... saw that in the, mo- in the theater with my dad, and I just walked down and I'm like, what in the hell is that? Like, yeah, it, Stephen I King saw is, this one at home. He has had a much better track record when it came to like TV miniseries. Yeah, than... and you want to... Interestingly, last night I watched The Langoliers. Have you guys ever seen that movie? I have, I have not, not, but I, I, I wanted to. It's like, was it four and a half hours? No, it's or three. It's three? Yeah. It was, it was like a two-night movie. Okay. But the thing is, like, a lot of people don't like it because the CGI in that movie is fucking terrible. That's TV. That's a TV movie right. thing, and that's though. what I mean. everyone bashes the shit out of it. And it's just like, dude, it was 1995, and it was TV. Go back and watch an It miniseries and tell me how great special effects yeah. are in it, right? And, but I watched it all the way through last night, and I really enjoy that movie. I like movies where there's something that happens, and it's a group of people, and they kind of have to figure it out, but stuff keeps happening to them. And right. I don't know. I, and that's what Langoliers is. A lot of it takes place on an airplane. <laughs> okay. And then at an abandoned airport. Yeah, I think the last thing I watched from Stephen King it, before it was The Stand. Did you haven't no seen one... anything between The Stand and it? No, like, I've seen it, I'm sure, but the last thing I watched, oh, watched okay. for Stephen King would be fresh in my mind would be The Stand. 
I, I tried to watch that movie. I just it's couldn't long. get into it. It's it just, I feel like we just watched Carrie recently. Which Carrie, though? There's three versions of it. Oh, yeah. I don't know if There's, that was the 76. Yeah, the original. Was, but, with John Travolta? Yeah. I don't really like that movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't like that Cujo? movie. Cujo? Cujo, I hate that movie. I think that movie's so boring and stupid. <laughs> like, I liked I just... that movie when I was a kid because it was one of the only horror movies that, like, my mom would actively let me rent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's a dog. How bad could it, like, fucking be? <laughs> like Jaws. You know, it's a shark. Like, oh, so scary. Jaws is PG, though. Yeah. And Cujo's are, right? Yeah. Oh, it is? Dog probably... violence is much worse than shark violence. <laughs> There's probably a lot of language in that movie, too. Mm. Um... I tried to watch Dead Zone. I couldn't get into that. No, I couldn't either. Um, Silver Bullet. I tried to watch. Couldn't get into that. I love Pet Cemetery. That's my favorite. Pet Cemetery is a great movie. Children of the Corn. That's a decent movie. The first one. The first one. I don't know about all these crazy sequels. I've seen through five. Thinner wasn't bad. Now everyone hears it's like he fucking hated Shawshank, but he loves Thinner. I'll tell you this. (laughs) I enjoyed Thinner, and I especially like the end of that movie because I'm just gonna give it away. Like, she puts the curse in a pie, and he's going to give it to somebody that he hates. <laughs> I think it's his wife, and it ends up being his daughter or somebody who eats it. And yeah. It's like, oh, my it's God, true. no. <laughs> the it's movie's up. over. <laughs> That's the one thing, too, going back to Candyman, that I – just the ending of it. I love horror movies like that that don't end on positive yes. notes. Like, down, Halloween down 4 down ends with Jamie holding the knife, and, it, like, she's going to be the new killer, maybe, or she's evil, too. Just the shit that doesn't end on a positive note. It's like, why would you end on a positive note? It's a fucking horror movie. Right. Like, yeah. You're and, supposed to throw a kill in there at the end. Right. And interestingly enough... It doesn't next, end on a positive note. Our next episode, we're going to be talking about how those endings kind of started. There yes. you go. And <laughs> the importance and tradition of those endings. But not to get too back into it, it was a amazing Yeah, it was. I, I think, and they stayed true to what the... not More the novel than the miniseries, yeah. I thought. You uh, know? And Bill Skarsgård is a fantastic replacement for Tim Curry... I think everyone holds Tim Curry's performance in their heart. Yeah, because you know, we saw when you were eight years old and yeah, it scared the shit out of you or something. And even, yeah. like, I don't, I was not a child when I saw that movie. I had, well, I mean, I was probably a teenager when I saw it, but, like, I just, I love Tim Curry. Like, he's one of my favorite actors of all time, and um, he's got a great, fucking terrifying voice and stuff, I, so. I, my Tim Curry introduction <laughs> was watching it when I was, yeah, like a little kid and being terrified. And then watching Home Alone 2, Lost yes. in New York. And, he is yes. the, yeah. and he's such he's an the, asshole. Yeah, and he's like yeah. the manager and stuff. <laughs> yep. And I didn't put two and two together until I think my parents must have told me or something like that. So then Home Alone 2 scared the shit out of me for a period of time. <laughs> I actually got to know Tim Curry from Home Alone 2. And then he had a TV series on like ABC when I was a kid. And I cannot remember the name of it off the top of my head. But it was like a sitcom. And uh, I remember seeing. I think that's where I really was introduced to him. Yeah, just like he is, just like he's a sophisticated person with this fucking fantastic voice. He and, does have a great voice. Yeah, and you know it's unfortunate that he had a stroke and and his voice isn't quite the same anymore. But it's good to know that he's still around and kicking and able to talk at least. Don't jinx it. <laughs> you know, with the kind of year we've been having, twenty seventeen. The man, the man is pushing seventy, I think. So, I mean, it's not like it's, he's yeah. not like a young man anymore. But anyway, um, I've watched a, a few horror movies. I can't remember them off the top of my head. But since we last did this, well, besides it, I mean, it was the only thing that was worth talking about to me. I've been shouting "Come on, Georgie" to everyone. <laughs> That I'm encountering for like a week. 
very good movie. Well, definitely highly recommended by this podcast. To yes, see very it. good. I would like somewhere down the road, maybe when it comes out on video, to do a uh, episode on that. I would need to see it a million more times. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Or to maybe talk about. even doing a like. Um, Remake Mistake did the comparison. Oh, yeah. And uh, I wouldn't mind giving our take on that, maybe doing the comparison of the two the two hits at some point. The one thing I will say is the remake was definitely not a mistake. <laughs> right. <for that> one. <laughs> and they, they clearly said that. So Yeah. Um, so, yeah, other than that, um, you guys have anything to promote before we end the, uh, the episode? Uh, just remember to look us up. It's Noises nonsense.wordpress.com and then our Twitter handle is noises underscore nonsense where we talk about everything including horror movies yes um, I've got a Twitter too uh, oh my god OMG hi Trish um, please look at the blog don't forget to look at Wolfbane Blooms you probably found us here if you didn't go look now there's articles and lots of fun horror stuff if horror is not all you're interested, um, Steve's got a podcast too, right? Um, I mean, you do. You, it's a discontinued temporarily. Yeah, it's on hiatus, if not permanent hiatus at the moment. But, yes, uh, that fat guy doesn't know what he's talking about. We haven't done an episode since the beginning of July. so. Uh, but, if you're bored, go look at it. <laughs> yeah, well, there's 33 episodes. So. <laughs> um and, of course, WolfbaneBlooms.com. I write articles for them. Um, I just recently reviewed uh, Mother. Oh. oh yes. Don't spoil it, but was I, it good? No. No? No. It was the worst movie I've seen this okay, year. Okay, so I read... Oh, and I love Jennifer Lawrence. So I love Jennifer Lawrence, too. So that's my woman. So before we get done with this one, I got to... They said it's going to be... This is supposed to be the most divisive movie of the year, right? That you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. Yeah, or so, I guess. Did you go with that? Did, did the other person you go with love it? Or? I went by myself. Uh, okay. Um, I went to it because I like Jennifer Lawrence and I like... Uh, Darren Aronofsky? Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't... See, I can't say I like him because I've only seen Black Swan, but I loved Black Swan. Oh, Black, Black Swan's one of the that. better psychological yeah. horror movies right, I think so you could see. When I went to see this, I thought... First of all, the trailer doesn't tell you anything about what the hell this movie's about. No. I went into it. I went into it thinking it was like a psycho mother-in-law. That's exactly what I thought it was going to be, and it's totally something else. Uh, it don't read my review because I do totally fucking. Spoil I've the already shit out of read it. <laughs> some reviews that have kind of spoiled it, and from what I've read, like Jennifer Lawrence, it's all like metaphors, right? Yes. That it's a metaphorical movie. Yes. In- and, but the thing is, yeah. like, there's a certain point in the movie where stuff starts getting completely out of control. Like, literally I, I unbelievably yeah. out of control. Like, the last half hour is, like, a, just a crazy fever dream or yeah, something like that. Yeah, and, like, the whole time I'm just like, I want to leave. Like, I, don't, I've, <laughs> I have never walked I out of a movie. I want to leave, but I am going to walk out. Oh, I've really? never walked out of a movie, but I'll tell you this. And when we do Halloween, we'll talk more about this. But Halloween 2, the Rob Zombie one, was a movie I almost walked out of. Um, along with the Friday the 13th remake. I almost uh, walked out of that was one. Was that just out of insults? Like, the, ah. the Adam Sandler movie, Funny People, and this movie. Oh, are, blast Adam Sandler me. deserves it. <laughs> Not to okay. get on non-horror, but it's like, oh, Funny People, I like. So. I could not. I, I wanted to, 
It has we're a turn. Getting, the, the turn halfway through the movie makes you go, what the, the fuck, dude? It does. Because he, he's like, oh, my God, I'm dying, and everyone should feel bad for me. And then they're like, oh, no, you're not dying. He's like, oh, sweet, I'm going to be an asshole right. the, 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 movie. the turn is like you're like not not to get all non-horror, but you're like, well, how should I feel about this <laughs> now? Like, <laughs> I get that. Why why people would hate that shit. Oh, my God. Like, I've, where, I've wait, where's the story that. going now? Yeah. Oh, I've never watched that again? movie again since it came out. So since... Just we're going to say, is, walking out of movies, the only movie I actively walked out of and then waited for my friends was Constantine, the Keanu Reeves movie. It, so I can't comment. Once Gavin Rosdale from Bush sh- showed up, I was like, I'm out. <laughs> I don't think yeah. I've ever walked out of a theater. I don't want to. I never like, do. I try not yeah, to. Yeah, but sometimes I'm so either insulted or pissed off with a movie. Like, Mother, I was pissed off. Like, the whole time... The first half of the movie, I'm just like, what the fuck what is the going fuck on? Is and I like movies like that because it keeps me uh, interested. Yeah. But then when I finally realized what was going on, I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. And it just, <laughs> it, it was it was two hours. The movie felt like it was four and a half hours long. Like, it just... Well, I, I, yeah, sometimes there are movies like that where it's like, you need to end already. You know, like this is going on for nothing. But I, we I are still going to see it. I was no, I'm not to trying to, to to deter you from seeing. Yeah, it or not. I mean, I was actually very intrigued by the trailer for that exact same reason. I don't know what the hell's going on. And you're not gonna know. Until you're still you're not like, gonna know. But yeah, that was the last thing I wrote for them. Check it out. I'm hoping to write more in October since you know it's horror movie month. Um, but yeah, check that out. Uh, there's also a lot of other articles written by other people, and uh, also check out the remake mistake, which is the other podcast. Sweet. And that's it. So that's all this time, guys. Yep. See you next time on another night at Camp Blood. Bye. Bye.